You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hello, Nick. Hello, Jess. <laughs> I I think you know this. I don't normally come. Sometimes I come in to our podcast to talk about generational stuff with you, where I'm like, "Ooh, I experienced this week, or I heard this, or I saw a TikTok, or." So I like kind of know what we're going to talk about. Um, but nine times out of ten, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So I just like Google <laughs> Gen Z news, right? Or and uh, and I'll do that. Do Gen Z news, Gen X news, millennial news, because because again, our their culture right now is obsessed with breaking us down into these groupings, right? <laughs> the first question is that shows up. People ask, "What age is Gen Z?" Oh, I misread it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the question I've told this is what made me laugh. I thought the question was. What is Gen Z up to? <laughs> and it seemed like such an old question. And it, the real question is, what age is Gen Z up to? Of course, that's the, of course, that's the real question. Uh, if someone though, if Billy Eichner was to run up to you on the street in New York and and say, "What is Gen Z up to?" What would you say? <laughs> I would say they're up to challenging all the social norms and asking, "Why does it have to be this way?" Um, why can't we uh, accept everyone's individuality for what it is and not have and not judge it? Do you, do you feel like since we I know I actually know the answer to this question, but since we've been doing this podcast, it's opened our eyes up in some ways, right? I, I think we were already amenable to those thoughts, right? But yeah, well, it definitely you know ref, you know forces us to be re- reflective on it and go, oh, what is that all about, or what's really going on here, you know? As opposed to just le- allowing news headlines to to scroll scroll through our our social media viewing, um, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I I think for me what what's kind of opened up my eyes is is like all these sort of like social change uh, I don't know what you call but th- you know perspectives or agendas or whatever. Going, oh yeah, this is kind of what's what's happening in the world, but then starting to realize, oh no, maybe a generation of people is pushing them, or that's their ideology, you know, and understanding that better. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I definitely have learned a lot more, I believe, about uh, millennials' impact on the world, and and what the Gen Z impact might be as well. I mean, the longer we live, the more there will be. They will be able to impact. Uh, someone said something about a millennial being forty-one, and my my brain broke a little bit. Right. But it's not, it's like we're not going to stop getting older either. Um, and and I don't know how how much how resistant I am to aging. Like sometimes I might be, and then other times I'm like, oh, there's no sense in that. You know, uh, there's no sense in I went out for an audition for a 40-year-old, and I was like, all right, okay, we're doing it. <laughs> here, here we go. <laughs> this is the time. It was, it was a new – it was a dawning of a new era for sure. Um, 
And I, and again, I, I, I've always, I used to work for a woman who teeter toddled the age range of like late fifties, mid seventies. And those, those are two different age ranges. Kinda, mm-hmm. kinda, not to our, not to our world, but like in the industry a little bit, like, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Anyway, she had she still had it going on, but then she could throw a wig on, and you know she then she would uh, look like a granny. So she'd go to auditions, and every now and then, and she'd call. She goes, "Oh my god, all the other women are so much younger than me," or "Oh my god, all the other women are so much older than me," or "Oh my god, I'm in a room full of men," you know. So like, <laughs> <laughs> which can happen sometimes. You're the anomaly call, right? Sometimes they'll call you in. Like that's why being redhead for a while was really good because you know what? Give us a couple redheads. Like, you know, I know it's just for a blonde, but oh, we'll just take a couple reds. So or brunettes. So, you know what? Throw in a little bit of that. So she taught me this, but I I needed to remind her at times. But they still want you there. They didn't make a mistake for calling you in, even yep. though you're the oldest person in the room. They want to see if you have something different to offer. So, like, even though this is a 40-year-old nurse I went out for, they might want someone who looks 35. That doesn't mean I look 40. Yep. And they don't. Even, they may not even know that they want the character to be 40. Maybe, they, maybe they're, in, they're open to it being 35. And you just you don't want to preclude you f- yourself from booking the job. By going, no. oh, I'm not the right age, or this, this is not what they're, I'm not what they're looking for. Yeah, I've definitely gotten stuff where I thought, oh my god, I'm way too young for this role. Um, but then I booked it, and I was like, okay, well, you know. Uh, and then the the other day, I did do this one audition where they were looking for somebody in their in their fifties, and I was like, okay, maybe I could pull that off, or at least maybe they'll change their mind to to skew younger for the role. But then the guy clearly had a line in the script. He was like. Yeah, I'm retiring early at 59. I was like, oh, I'm not getting this one. Oh. <laughs> no one's going to believe. I don't, I don't think no one's going to believe that I'm retiring early at 59. And if that's part of your plot point, uh, that's not going to be written out of the script. Uh, I'm glad you called me in. And this was a really cool role to read for. And I, I wish I was uh, appropriate for it. Um, but hopefully you just add me to your bank of actors that you call in for roles that are in their 40s next time. <laughs> I, it, it, I can't help but feel like when they do that, they call in like funny people like you and I. It's because they want us to like punch up the script for free sometimes. <laughs> like I did an audition recently for like, we need your funniest people. And the first take they had us do was the improv take. And the second take they had us do was sticking to the script. So 1000% they were looking, I mean, obviously they're looking for people who they could just like maybe do two, two takes with and get something fresh out of. But I for sure felt like I was rewriting the script for them, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, the fact that they can tell you now in a commercial audition to improvise and make it your own. Right. Oh, man. Um, Whether or not they're they're potentially going to steal your bit, um, they're looking for an actor who can do their own bits. It's like, well, then just pay me for for, as a writer, too. I mean, um, yeah. It's also sometimes, like I did this one audition this weekend. It was like four different scenes, and they wanted one straight take, and then they wanted one where you improvised and made it your own. Mm. But most of the part was reacting to the main actor in the in the commercial. So there wasn't really even any lines. So I'm like, you want me to improvise 
on a scene where my character doesn't have any lines. Okay, what do you? So am I just supposed to make up some lines? I had to do that too. Was this the one with the friend? We were looking at the friend who has all the awards. Did no. you do this one? Oh, this one I had to do it too. Like, do the do improv. There's no lines. <laughs> okay, so that happened. Okay, go on. Yeah, I just well, just that. Like, well, what do you do then? Like, uh, you want me to improvise reaction shots? That's not what you want because that's you just that's just you would just ask, give me different reactions. So now you want me to just completely make up lines for this scene that probably it doesn't is not going to have lines in the final cut. So I, it's, I just I don't know how to feel about it. I'm trying to remain positive. Um, I don't necessarily try to be funny, you know. I think I, you know, I try to, I, you know, I try to give some humor to it, but I don't like kill myself and like trying to like crush a joke. Right, know? right. Like you I'm, are, you're, you're dispersing your type five and trying to get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, how you doing? Um, so speaking of commercials, actually, this is a fantastic segue, and normally. Actually, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. <laughs> we're going we're to talk about the real thing uh, as opposed to just, you know, Nick and Jess lament their career. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? I mean, we could lament our career all day. I'm sorry. You you have to listen to it. But uh, I think there's some fun being behind the curtain, um, I think. <laughs> Let's I, hope. I, let, listen, stay stay put. We've got some topical information for you right after you guys hear from Scott. Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name, or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. commercials nick mm -hmm. or commercialization or advertising or whatever do you know that there is controversy right now no you, jen i don't know if you know by the title do you of just this. call me jen ew oh my god oh <laughs> why did i call you jen well because a lot of people do that actually <sighs> jen and jessica have always been um interchangeable in my life it's okay i'm not upset Oh man, now I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Okay. Holy Jen, what you understand? Oh, oh, oh you're saying, you were okay. saying, do you know, Nick? Uh -huh, do you know? Uh -huh. And I was like, Jess, uh, I think the title <laughs> of this podcast is You Don't Know. 
Oh, right. And then so you were thinking generations, and so you said gen. Yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah, okay, I got it. I have a feeling. So I know nothing. This is just for the record for everybody out there. I don't know anything. It's you don't know, comma Nick. It's not you don't know Nick, because that's true too. Nobody really knows me, (laughs) but (laughs) it's that Nick doesn't know anything. (laughs) To be fair, I have to learn more in order to stay ahead of you. So. The the thing I have a feeling that, that you have come across this though. Okay. I have a feeling. Does the green M M&M and M ring a bell? Oh, I think I caught a little bit of what's going on with the M and M's, but I didn't deep dive. So this is so I kind of know, but I don't know. So what was the question again? What do I know? What do I think about the green M M&M? and M? Well, do you uh, what do you does does the green M M&M and M ring a bell? So like oh I, oh oh wait is this a different thing now? So you're not talking about the M and M's changing their look. You're just talking about green M and M's, which make you horny. What? What are you talking about? What? Is that <laughs> what green M and M's do? They make you. Is that the old the old thing growing up that green M and M's was it make you horny? Yeah. Said 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 who and when? <laughs> no, that's not part of your generation. Hold on, we're this is this. We just opened up a can of worms. Green M and M's make you horny. I thought that's what this was the thing. Wasn't that the thing? What? Yeah, no. Just in time for Valentine's Day, the company behind M and M's has decided to let the urban legend run wild. The green ones will make you horny. What? There you go. If you, how do you not know this? This must be a generational it thing. It sounds. Very sort of sim- like sort of familiar. Oh, like no, I remember that was, that was the thing. I remember there's not like, as many of them in the pack. And anyways, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I remember like learning tiramisu was going to be an aphrodisiac and going, oh, <laughs> let's eat it and then let's go on a date. Like I don't know what I thought. <sighs> what? <laughs> okay, I wonder. I want. Yes, Eminem. Mars has embraced the childish stories. This is from 2008 of my childhood with their new campaign to sell bags of all green M&Ms. While no mention of the words horny Randy or the like appear on their website, we all know what they're talking about. According to the website, green is the new color of love. Yikes. I don't believe love was what we used to talk about in the playground. That's what this article says. It's, so that's interesting that green one's the one that makes you horny. That was the schoolyard. That was the schoolyard uh, jive. In 1995, the M&M's only female mascot was introduced, the green mascot. Oh. 1995. So I wonder if there's a correlation where you guys go like, yeah, she's hot. But like you no, were but in 1995, you graduated by I was that graduating point. almost. Yeah, no. This is back in the 80s. So and and this article from I don't know what is it her name is Lindsay Nary okay um said that maybe it like it started with like the urban legend of of um rock stars only wanting all green M&Ms in their room or whatever so like probably trying to cultivate sexual encounters with the green <laughs> M&Ms how's it any it's just green dye anyway well no no one actually literally thought that but that was the sort of childhood joke 
Can you never... elaborate? Can you elaborate? Like, what, what, like, because like this was reminding me of the cootie shot. So, like, how are you guys talking about this? I, you know, I, I honestly though, I actually am having a hard time putting it into a sentence. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was just that was the thing. I mean, and literally, no one thought, oh, I pop in green M M&M and M, and it's like taking Viagra. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe they did. I feel like I remember that more than anything. I mean, maybe you know. T- kids being kids and being like, oh, let's see what happens. But no, it, uh, no, I think it was just like a joke. It was like, green ones make you horny. Ooh, you want a green one? Here, let me give you a green one. Yeah, sure. That reminds you know. me of that game, like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Or like, you're going up someone's leg, see how long they can take it. <laughs> yeah. You mean the, 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 the soft sexual assault game? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Believe me, I thought I was... Uh, a chicken because I couldn't handle it. It turns out I was being assaulted. Uh, it also says here, everyone knew the red ones gave you cancer. Oh, could have been something there. Sure. So it's interesting that the green ones give, get, you know, get you Randy because they just redesigned the female uh, green M&M to be more like today's average female who might just wear keds and has thicker legs. Kind of, she's like not as sexually, you know, go go booty. And people are mad. <laughs> Did you see the Tucker Carlson rant on this? No. Oh, see, man. you know, you know Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, comma Nick. You, you know, know you- Nick. Yes. So, so you just basically gave me a new line read, Jessica. <laughs> You know, Nick. (laughs) You know, Um, Nick. Okay, carry on. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Do you you know that reference? No. No, no, okay. What is it? It's a Seinfeld reference. Oh. Kramer gets gets one line on this, on on this, some acting gig, and he's trying to, to try to say, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh Uh-huh. These pretzels are making me thirsty, right? <laughs> it was Anyways. Um, no, it's great. Yeah, so, okay, look. So I, I caught a, a headline somewhere about the whole M&M thing, and then I caught, like, Fox News being up in arms, and then so some, somebody posted the uh, Tucker Carlson rant where he's just like, like, oh, man, what was he saying? It's just is, It's just so ridiculous. Like, just like how... They're taking all the sexuality out of life, and who wants to live in a life where you don't have that sexuality in your, you know? And just like, just so I can't even doing it justice. Look it up. It's just what is wrong with him? Oh, he's he's nothing, the worst. He he's he is the worst, but he's he's knowingly the worst. Um, Let's see if we can find the Tucker call. We're gonna give we're gonna give our audience just what they're looking for. Uh, let's see, Tucker Carlson M and M rant. I fucking hate him. Seth Meyers mocks Tucker Carlson sexy. But you want to just find it isolated as a no. I understand. Know. I understand. Uh, I would love to find just find that as opposed to someone else feeling a certain way about it, you know? Yeah, I'm 
I wonder if you could just go to Twitter. I mean, that's where I saw it. Somebody yeah, posted it. I think I found something that may work. Um, nope, that's not it. Like, why am I looking at Ted Cruz right now? That's the last thing I want to be seeing. Uh, uh, this is a six-minute segment. We're not trying to watch that whole thing, right? No, no. God, there's going to be... No. Okay, it looks like it. I think we got it. This person doesn't seem to have completely – he doesn't interrupt the whole thing. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Share screen. Share system audio. Share. This is this is our life right now. This is what we're doing. Yeah, this is looking right. Okay, good. Yes, I mean it sort of is right, but – okay, good luck. Let's see. M&Ms were pushing intolerance, but they were. They've been changed. You're seeing the changes right now on your screen. The green M&M, you will notice, is no longer wearing sexy boots. Now she's wearing sensible sneakers. Why the change? Well, according to M&Ms, quote, we all win when we see more women in leading roles. That's because leading women do not wear sexy boots. Leading women wear frumpy shoes. The frumpier, the better. That's the rule. The other big change is that the brown M&M has, quote, transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels. Also less sexy. That's progress. M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. What? That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. Meanwhile, in a nod to the burgeoning wellness movement, the orange M&M will, quote, acknowledge and embrace his anxiety. And actually, if you look at him, the orange M&M does appear very anxious. Maybe he doesn't like all the ugly new shoes he sees around him. No. Maybe he liked the sexy boots. Maybe the orange M&M is a secret sexist himself. Okay, okay. <laughs> He's, he is a comedian. Oh, it's all a, it's all an act. It's always been an act um, to the point where to the point where I don't know if you know that like he was being sued for defamation or something like that. And his lawyer's defense was literally like, well, if anybody anybody who's ever watched Tucker Carlson knows that what he's saying is lies. Like that was their defense. Like yeah, anybody with ha anybody with a brain who watches this knows that this isn't news and this isn't serious. <laughs> Yet there's millions of people who watch him who take who hang on his every word as truth, and it's and he knows it, and he's just yucking it up over there. Well, and so what's, what's interesting is um, I don't remember who said this, so I don't want to take credit of ha as to having the thought, but it is illegal. To yell fire in in a theater because mm -hmm. you can create pandemonium, right? That's like literally a law we have. You can go to jail. But no one is getting stopped from spreading misinformation and causing pandemonium in the same way. So this person's on national TV. Yeah, granted, you have to have a cable for it. But by a quote-unquote reputable company – Spouting insanity. Mm -hmm. Insanity. And a mutual friend of ours, Trent Trail, tweeted, guys, Mickey Mouse has changed her costume so many different times. Like, be, like I, I actually think had um, – so 
this is where I get cynical, especially when it comes to like advertising and stupid news cycles like this. Eminem knew exactly what they were doing. They knew that they were going to get people outraged and more people are going to go buy Eminem's today. <laughs> where they could have just done a commercial where she was wearing shoes because she was working out. Like, no one needed to, ha- we didn't need to go through this whole woke Eminem transition. That's mm-hmm. that's the argument. I that's the the hole I want to poke in in America. Shut up, Mars Company. We fucking know that you like selling chocolate. It's like the people who have like a really bad faux pas on a commercial. It's like, oh, I can't believe they said that. Or why is Kylie Jenner giving somebody the Coke or whatever? They know that these things are in poor taste. They know that these like no one gives a shit. But they want to get the person who created this ad campaign is literally being hoisted on a chair and thrown people are throwing champagne on him because they, he got this all to trend, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are the idiots for being in the circus of it all, watching it. Look at us. We're doing we've incorporated it into our podcast. But that's what we're doing, you know? You know what? We're we're waking everybody up to the reality. Of, of, what's, of what's really going on. What's here. really going on. And, you know, if I want to wear fuck me boots and eat grain M&Ms, that's still feminism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I, I, yeah, that's. I think that's the thing is like at the end of the day, I, I get wrapped up in this stuff too. Well, not often. Like I'll see the headline go, okay. Or like I'll click a Twitter headline and like, oh, they just wanted me to click this stupid thing. You know, like I feel like a sucker nine times out of 10. But there's also something nice, I guess, uh, uh, being able to know what is making other people's worlds spin. So like when I stream or like, it's it's like us talking about what happened on Seinfeld the last night before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. have we have this common ground of stupid fucking arguments about unsexy unsexy m&ms well it's really the beginning of the end for our society (laughs) (laughs) and we all should take note this is a warning sign is this Um, the kind of world you want your daughter to live in our social fabric is going to crumble no i want my daughter to aspire to wear thigh-high boots uh, and stiletto heels. That's what I'm hoping. Um, I mean, she'd look adorable. She'd look adorable. I mean, I, I, I will say that there is some argument uh, to be made of like, oh, no, you shouldn't uh, look at, you know, people being sexy as being a negative. But uh, I don't think that that's what the M&Ms were doing. Um, we're not trying to – I don't think there's they're trying to eliminate – um, any sort of sex appeal or whatever, but maybe you don't need sex appeal when it comes to M and M's. Maybe that's a place where, if sex appeal becomes the standard, you're like, oh, well, that is my standard model for being either a man or a woman. Um, but that's what Tucker Carlson does. He finds some sort of little grain that his viewers can hang on to, and then he just throws it into something that's completely irrelevant and doesn't matter oh 100 percent. like do you want to take them out to have a drink do you want to have a drink with these guys you know it's it's it is it's totally 
it's totally irrelevant. Whatever. I, 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 I'm with you. Like, I'm with you that an, an examination of what we're putting out there and our responsibility factor is always warranted. There's nothing wrong with that. For our listeners who can't see Nick, no one can. His hair is on point right now. <laughs> it is something else. It's so special. I mean, I'm fully back in like early pandemic world where I have not seen a barber in months. And um, it's becoming problematic. Make sure you join our Patreon because if you don't, folks, Nick can't afford a barber. <laughs> and they're in, with inflation... It's expensive. I know. I know. I sent you the, the, the name and the number of a good person for you that was reasonably priced. So I'm not allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> I'm not going out and, and doing it because we're being very COVID mindful. Understood. In my house. My wife is, you know, fully pregnant. Fully, pre- fully pregnant. So we got it on lockdown. And I, I gotcha. Can, I can ride out this hair. You have to now. Your child, your newest child will know this This man will be traumatized. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like all we do is talk about Gen Z and millennials and being woke and, you know, but we let's not lose sight of the fact that you're a little bit older than us. So I looked up to see what Generation X news is out there. And this is not necessarily news, but I don't know if, if you know any of the opinions that I have about generation x it's mostly like they're like whiny and they're like oh no one remembers us (laughs) we're just over here being cool hey guys remember like we're the reason the divorce rate really screwed us up um i looked at so i looked up mental floss has generation x facts or trivia 20 facts about gen x you ready sure okay so this was again mentalfloss.com i don't know if i have an uh oh jake Rossin is the, the the creator of this article. Number one, Generation X was named after a book. Did you know this? No, I did not know that. The baby boomers were the first generation, uh, the first named generation after the kids who arrived a litter, a baby boom. We knew that. Uh, generation X didn't have a war that sparked it. Instead, it was words. Arthur, author, Douglas Copeland, Copeland's 1991 book generation x tales for an accelerated culture hmm so it's the first time you guys are called generation x in that way oh okay 1991 wow i know that feels late well i don't know that you guys were ascribing as gen x at that time before that right yeah but i it feels i thought in the 80s we were but i guess we're still kind of growing up we're still kind of coming into things so maybe yeah Kurt is just putting on flannel. Um, <laughs> oh, good old Kurt. Go, good old Kurt. Two, Generation X. This is, I don't understand this, but we'll see if it elaborates. Generation X also had something to do with Billy Idol. What does that mean? <laughs> Even though Coupland popularized the term for a social group, he wasn't the first to, t- to coin the phrase. A book named Generation X by Jane Deverson and Charles Hamblett. What are these fucking names? Published in 1964 and examined examined British youth culture at the time, people who were under 25. So it was someone was examining youth culture in 1964. Interesting. 
the tome found its way into the hands of a young Billy Idol who went on to form his first band. He named it Generation X. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Who would? Okay, so this next trivia piece is this is this is what I this is this is the shit that Gen Xers love to say. Gen X is also known as the forgotten generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's true that you don't you don't really ever you hear tons of millennial, tons of boomer, and now tons of Gen Z. You just don't hear Gen X. What? 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 What what's Gen X not doing right now? I I don't know. No, they're not getting in the headlines. I guess I don't know. Maybe we're just too bland. Maybe as we got older, it's just like, eh, whatever. No, you guys just we just been there anyway. I don't know. Um, Chad number four. Chad was a popular Gen yeah, X. But, but name. boomers had just been there, but yet it's all boomer. Hey, what's that boomer? So like, yeah. but, you know, so it's not like. But do you, would like, you rather us make fun of you like? The oh, boomers? I'm not saying I have an opinion about being left out of the conversation i don't care but it's true but i think it's probably true right sure i i i i uh, i guess it's true four chad was a popular generation x name sure that sorry for any chads out there but for that douchebag who uh who bullied other kids on the playground chad 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 todd scott tammy tracy tanya these all these Gen X names. Kind of reminds me of the George Carlin. Uh, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> he like reams people with these like soft names or whatever. Um, okay. Number five. Gen Xers are a comparatively rare group. This might be why we don't hear from them. Mm. Compared to baby boomers, 75 million. And millennials, 83 men- million. Generation X members are outnumbered. Estimates estimates have placed them uh, around sixty five million. That's not low. I mean, ten million's a fair amount of people. Sure. Okay. Uh, if I were to ask you to think of one PSA from your childhood, what would it be? This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your I, brain on drugs. Would we say that's a millennial PSA, though? Oh, you said millennial. I thought you said Gen X. Oh, no, no, that is Gen That is Gen X. Oh, okay. I thought you... Okay. Well, they have the pan and an egg. The pan, this is your brain. Yeah, that's the, it. I guess the egg is, is your brain. This is the pan. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Yes. And they fry the egg. Yes. So Did that's I get it right? The- Yes, that's literally the the image that I'm looking at right now. Uh, I was conflating the one where she smashes the egg against the frying pan, like oh. like they take it one step further. Um, basically, number six says Generation X had amazing public service announcements. Bless you, even though no one heard that. Um, that recruited everyone from Pee Wee Herman to Captain America to lecture uh, about high risk activities. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like the more you know and stuff like that, right? There's all, there was also, I learned it by watching you, all right? Do you know that? No! It's when, it's when the dad finds joints, you know, finds marijuana in the kid's room. And he's like, where did you, where did you get this? Where did you learn this? I learned it by watching you, all right? And the dad is horrified. <laughs> wow. No? You, don't, wow. You, never, you never saw that one? 
Now, I learned it from watching you sound super familiar. I've never seen that, though. Never that's seen the, it. That's the OG. I learned it by watching you, Dad. Wow. Wow. That that sounds familiar. I've never seen the article. Or Parents who do article. drugs have kids who do drugs. <laughs> Pass it on. <laughs> Pass it on. And that's what's been where they got puff, puff, yeah. pass. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Generation X is also nostalgic. Why is everything rebooted, credit, or blame? Gen X, uh, the group, is li- likely to wax, wax nostalgic for all those 80s, 90s pop culture touchstones in ways boomers don't necessarily share. I don't know. Whatever. I actually think – so, like, there was a time where, like, like – 80s culture was making a resurgence and then 90s culture was making a resurgence fashion like wise that's true i i think again this is the cynical commercial capitalistic side of me that we were just being pumped out stuff like hey remember when you used to buy these things like hey watch these tv shows that you used to watch so i we might be nostalgic but i think we're also being sold back the the things that we liked as a kid does that make sense yeah totally Yes. I th- yeah, but these things have always been kind of cyclical. Like like back when right in the 80s like there was a 60s push and then in right. the 90s there was a 70s, you know. So like it's o- it always kind of co- goes in cycle, like circles, like it comes back again. Everything's going to come back again. And I think that's actually more indicative of how we must feel when we are coming into our mid 20s to late tw- like mid 30s. We're like fuck, do you remember we used to be kids and that was awesome and now this is hard? You know, like Mm -hmm. we kind of start going, oh, shit, we missed out on this stuff. Let's just choose some Bubblicious and call it a day. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Eight, Generation X is known to be cynical because of the latchkey thing. We talked about that kind of before. Yeah, I think they're definitely, that's a hallmark of Gen X is cynicism. That's kind of what made them who they are, made us who we are. I, I, again, I always don't necessarily consider myself full Gen X, but um, but that cynicism and that sort of bucking the norms and 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 uh, you know sort of questioning the the formula for life that had been given to the generations before them. And and what you're complimenting Gen Z with doing now too, right? So that maybe it paved the way for that. Uh, uh, not, uh, well, it also did, well, I think it did pave the way for that. I think it also paved the way for millennials to assume that life was supposed to be a certain way. I think like Gen X like broke some mold, uh, and then millennials didn't have to break any mold, and they just assumed this is what life was like. And Gen Xers should probably said, no, no, the the, the truth is is the mold is still there and you, you got to play the game eventually. <laughs> and, and in some ways we did learn that with thanks to the recession. Um, it's actually this perfect, perfectly segues your point uh, into that generation X likes stability. <laughs> While some people went job hopping during the COVID-19 pa- job hopping. Generation X largely stayed put thanks to some unstable times. The group prefers stability in life work. I'm sorry. A lot of people didn't have the luxury of staying put. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Sure. I don't know what to say about it either. I mean, I, we can go into it, but our time is waning. Uh, my, my, my guess would be in that sense that Gen Xers are in a, st- a spot in their life where if they can hold on to their job, they will, because that's too much disruption. Or they're higher up, so or they're they can, up, yeah. they can afford to 
not pay the you know, furlough people <laughs> who mm-hmm. like myself. I think I think there's more to it than just oh, we, I'm A job preference. hopping. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, number ten, Generation X plays a lot of mobile games. Oh yeah, I could. I mean, I, I I see that reflected in me. Like I'm not going to sit down with a console, but I'll play a, a game on my phone here or there. Right, sure. Uh, one survey pegged eighty one percent of respondents saying their favorite mobile activity was gaming. Seventy percent, seventy seven percent of those playing daily. That's wild. Hmm. Yeah, I, I got mean, some. Du- I got some dumb game I play on my phone pretty regularly. It makes sense. It's it is a good like time suck as opposed to like let me just scroll on Instagram. I'll play threes or whatever. Um, Eleven Gen X are huge social media users. Yeah, I think I think so. Which is which is interesting because <laughs> obviously that missed me. Um, yeah, you but, you're an anomaly. Yeah, but there are I do know. I mean, I do think. But I think Gen Xers use it as a way to stay connected to people. Whereas I feel like, and I'm sure they some people use it in other ways too, but whereas I feel like younger generations use it more as a creative tools, potentially. I don't know. Maybe I'm just no. I think you're. I think I think those are totally uh, accurate takes. Um, This says that they're spending an average of forty minutes uh, per week online than millennials do. Um, I literally saw like a Gen X dude divorce his wife because of his Instagram starting to take off. Jesus. Like for the first time he was getting like <laughs> feedback, positive feedback for the kind of vinyl dude that he was. Like I like all this music. I'm going to make it big. See you later. Like he just got sucked into the Instagram thing. And again, that's not every – that's not just – that's not every Gen Xer. But you're right that – you're they're still using Facebook and like, hey Jen, how you doing? There's definitely more of that happening for sure. I mean, I, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but when like I, I'm not on Instagram a lot anymore, and but now I'm like I, I've gone back recently. Had, I you know liked our page, <laughs> our Instagram page. Yikes! By or the follow, way, or followed our yikes. Whatever's, um, in my biannual Instagram check update uh-huh. um but uh but i was like you know i've gone back a couple more times and i was like oh man i'm really missing out on a bunch of friends of mine posting pictures of their families and their kids and like seeing that like i'm not a part like there is this world where there's like i have a good amount of friends who are sharing and witnessing and and it's a way that you know you can be like oh look how look look what they're doing totally um and i'm not giving them that side of me you know, like, oh, here's what's going on in my life. So, um, but I think part of the reason why I pulled back was because before I used to feel like uh, this, like, such pressure, like, to put in something cool as a picture. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I was always putting something dumb, and I don't really know how to put cool things out. Um, and then I would <laughs> look at, then I'd look at other people, and then they'd show pictures of how much fun they're having. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not able to go on vacation right now boy that you know my life isn't as good as theirs or or somebody else or another group of friends posting something that they're all hanging out i'm like hey how come no one called me why didn't i get invited to that (laughs) fuck yeah totally Uh, and so i was like i just don't need those feelings anymore (laughs) so (laughs) totally totally um Uh, yeah i i think i've said this to you before it would be my preference 
when I'm famous, I don't want to have social media anymore or I'm just going to pass it off to somebody like you have it. Like you tell me I need to take a picture right now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely don't want to date somebody or be with somebody that is a, a heavy Instagram user. I just – something about the idea of that, even though it's super judgmental, just doesn't strike me as something like I want to be party to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. Um Gen- 12, Generation X is making up the bulk of leadership roles. Uh, Gen X accounts for 51% of leadership roles globally. Makes sense. I mean, that's just kind of as you get older, right? Right. I, mean, I would think so. It just makes sense. It does make sense to me. Uh, on the flip side, they're a little slower to advance in their careers than boomers or millennials. Oh, sure. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, 14. Generation X is big on getting a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) Surveys have demonstrated that Gen Xers like to know they're getting the best deal possible with 88% of respondents joining loyalty and rewards programs. (laughs) This is the stupidest article. (laughs) Gen X loves prepared food. (laughs) Number 15. Uh, everyone who's staffing up the pre-made sandwiches and dinners at the grocery store, <laughs> it's Gen X. <laughs> wow. Hold, hold on. 16. But Generation X isn't big on salty or sweet. Meat, cheese, and fruit are all preferred options for Gen Xers who don't have the same sized sweet tooth as other generations. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, 17, Generation X may be less likely to eat at restaurants. In 2019, one survey indicated just 23% of restaurant goers were Gen Xers. Millennials are more likely to eat out more often. Now, I would say that I definitely, like, eating out was a huge factor in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, going to a restaurant? Does that, do you feel like you know a bunch of people that go to restaurants all the time? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Are they millennials? Uh, well, no, because I'm just thinking of people who are my peers. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people go to restaurants all the time. If I, if I, you know, had, didn't have a family at home, and my wife wasn't an excellent cook, and we would, I would probably go eat out a lot. Probably right. Yeah, I get that. Um, this one's also dumb. Generation X is likely to take over boomers in 2028. When the eight, when the aging boomer population is expected to be outnumbered by Gen X for the first time. Yeah, because people die. Yeah, well, I don't think it's saying like, oh, this is some like aha thing. It's just like letting you know that like, oh, hey, in terms of cycles, this is probably where the next cycle is going to come in. That's fair. Oh, I have one for you. Oh, for me specifically. It says Nick Masu. <laughs> <laughs> Generation X used to have a sub, used to have a subcategory named Xennials. Oh, 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 used to. What's going on here? I don't know. The entire course of this entire podcast just changed, but no longer. The Xennial groups which was born between 1977 and 1983, was said to have known life both pre-digitally and after the digital revolution, weaned on landlines, but coming of age online. The micro-generation was coined by Dan Woodman, an associate professor of sociology 
at the University of Melbourne in Australia, it failed to catch on. <laughs> so maybe that's. <laughs> so then it just disappeared altogether. Uh, we renamed it, and then that name failed, so it's gone altogether. You guys, re- you're the really forgotten generation yes. now. We really forgot. So I guess you're just Gen X now. Go but fuck it, I, I tell you, it's so true though, because like people my age don't necessarily—I mean—don't necessarily feel like they're Gen Xers, though I'm sure you can find some people my age who do. Um, and then I'm—you know—I'm friends with a lot of people who are just a couple of years younger than me, which should make them full-on millennials, but they're not. I, they don't identify as millennials, um, and I wouldn't. When I think of millennial, I wouldn't think of them. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I, I, I feel like that that people in that group I do have a lot in common with, a lot of shared values and um and I think I think it deserves its own category. I think as long as it helps you understand yourself better, Nick, that's what matters. <laughs> Well, if it's erased, then I will never know how to understand myself. I'll constantly be torn between am I a Gen X or am I a millennial, but I'm neither. Can it be erased if it existed at one point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay, Got it. Okay, great. (laughs) That's the whole point of erasing is that it was once there and now it is erased. Now we have a new podcast. You don't know Nick, no comma. Nick is gone. <laughs> He's been erased. He's been erased. I've been uh, back to the future. You certainly have. Yes. Uh, so n- number 20, the, fi- the finale of this really enlightening article. Financially, the pandemic has been good for Generation X. I actually think that that might be true. Like, have they made more money? I don't know, per se. Maybe. But like. A lot of people who are already entrenched in their jobs, who are now like working from home and still getting paid the same doing their jobs, I think it's been a good thing. You know, I think so. It said that Uh, their aggregate net worth went up 50%. Whoa. That's huge. And I think if you remember, this was before, maybe during the pandemic, uh, millennials own only like 2% of the wealth and like 1% of it is Mark Zuckerberg or if it's like 5% of the wealth, it's like 2%. Of Mark- <laughs> I know. It's, it's so painful. It's so, so fucking painful. Um, so like anyway, like Gen X was already doing well. So, and, you know, you never let a good crisis go to waste. So, <laughs> yikes. Oh, I think I passed over one. Uh, they didn't mean to. Uh, Gen X is in more student debt. That was number 13. Than millennials? Yeah. According to Pew, uh, Gen Xers have seen a marked increase in the amount of student debt over their predecessors. Uh, when they were in fourth grade in 1977, only one third of people were borrowing money for college. By the time younger Gen Xers were entering college themselves in 2000, 65% of students were borrowing. Hmm. I don't know if I, I understand that. Well, maybe, maybe it's that Gen Xers ha- had to borrow because they didn't have the generational wealth coming in to pay for college, whereas millennials had more generational wealth to help them pay for college. I don't know. I'm just get, taking a guess here and trying to understand because I would assume with the like the raise in college prices and you know 
that uh, millennials would be way more in student debt. Yeah, I don't know if they're talking about the people that were before Gen X and not and and purposely omitting the people after Gen X. So like, got it. Well, then that's an obvious. Then yes. that's an obvious, right? Like, just like things grow in general. I, I, I it, anyway. Well, also, what maybe part maybe maybe what it does show is that that's the generation where where borrowing for college became so much more common. Um, and maybe that it contributed to the increase in college rates. Um, ah, sure. And you could maybe make the argument that earlier generations would not borrow to go to college. That just doesn't make any sense. Why would you put yourself in debt Wow. to, to come out of school? Just go to a different school that doesn't cost as much. Right. You know, go to a state school. You, you may still find yourself in debt if you needed to borrow, but it won't, you won't, it won't crush you. Um, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Cause just like any good industry, when you see that people are utilizing it, it becomes advertised more. Mm -hmm. So we I have mean, Gen Xers to blame yeah. for how the really is the, is the headline there. Certainly sounds like it. Great. Great. Good thing I'm, good thing I'm not Gen X. <laughs> It was always up, but I'm not millennial either, so you can't shit on me. <laughs> um, do you feel like you knew more than you did 20 minutes ago? Yes, yes, I do. There, it's useless information, but I, I'm glad I know it. Great, and and I will probably forget it as soon as this podcast is over. Okay, so that's that's all I've ever wanted to hear from you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Guess what I heard right now? You heard something about crypto. <laughs> no, I'm, is that not where you were going? I'm sad about crypto. <laughs> uh, are you sad or are you licking your lips? Uh, your chops? Oh, it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Do you have any extra expendable cash? <laughs> you gotta buy the dip dip. <laughs> so, no, I, so I finally looked at it. I had looked at it in like a week and it's now, I'm like, I met like, half of what I was th six months ago or whatever I started. And it, and I, I understand, and we've talked about this before, that if I had the money, I would be buying more now. And I haven't technically lost because I'm not selling. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the panic I might feel when I'm like, oh, God, there was $300 more than there used to be is just – is is – Again, that means uh, we should say this: we we don't offer financial advice. We're just improvisers. Don't take this seriously. <laughs> but I should be. Uh, all that money doesn't exist anyway. Yeah, that would be the healthiest way to to manage these swings. But what to... is going on? So, like, that's that was my point. It's like we talked about that. We talked about like how you should invest when there's like a a dip. And and I don't know if you know, but so many people hate the idea of NFTs. So like like a like a vehement rage about NFTs. And then I think crypto gets swept up into that. So what's happening? What you, as far as you understand it? You know, I I haven't really been on top of 
trying to understand what's happening. Um, other than what I'll what I'll guess is happening is, um, you know, wel- welcome to crypto. Like mm. this is what th- it's a very unstable market. It's going to swing uh, very wildly. There's not a lot of stabilizing forces in it, um, but still, it's generally when you look at when you look at the pullback view, it's still the entire market is generally going up. Mm. Right now, we're definitely in a downswing, but we've just look back at the past uh, six months, and you'll, it's like a it's like a roller coaster ride. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, and right now we're down. Now, there's always threat that it could go down worse worse go down more so a friend of mine was like who's you know a little bit more into technical analysis and is learning and trying to understand things and and has been right a lot uh when i've spoken to her and she's like well you know thirty-two thousand for bitcoin is a is a bottom is a resistance bottom even maybe as low as like 29k so maybe we had hit the bottom a couple of days ago. I think we're, we're it, it did it did bounce around thirty three k, up to about thirty seven thirty eight k, and right now I think it's I haven't checked, but I think it's probably around thirty five thirty six. So so she was right in that there was a resistance there, right? There was a bounce. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go up from here. Um, some people might, you know, caution that this is what's called a bull trap. Where bulls bulls think, oh, it's going to go up here, so let's buy, buy, buy. But it's a trap. It's just going to continue to go back down. Wow. So you need to be mindful of that sort of thing. She feels like if it breaks below 29, there's a good chance it could drop as low as 21. Wow. Wow. Um, now, granted, again, this is not financial advice. This is hearsay from a friend who's still le- who's new and learning and, but you know, um, is paying a lot more attention than I am. Um, but even that being said, like, it's not, I can't, you know, you can't say this at 100% certainty, but is it going to go to zero? Like, it's only going to go to zero if everything, if the technology just fails and nobody, it just, you know, the whole thing just falls apart. More than likely, it's just going to continue to swing. It's, this is, this is it's what's, you know, it's price action. Uh, as things go up, it goes up, it goes down. It's much wider swings than the stock market. Um, but also at the same time, the stock market has crashed, right? Oh, I didn't know that, actually. So the past few weeks for the market have been very turbulent. Um, people wow. Call, people call it a, a correction, you know, much-needed correction where things were... Because things were super inflated, right? I think you were talking about that before. Yeah, like people feel like things were very overvalued. And the biggest thing for the stock market in terms of where it's at right now is uh, inflation and interest rates. So inflation is very high, which is now, you know, causing the uh, the the Fed to uh, raise interest rates, which they hadn't raised interest rates this whole uh, pandemic. Um because they were trying to, you know, stimulate the economy and, mm. and, you know, so they do a lot of things like this to just try to not make the swings in life too too dramatic. But, you know, we can't forget that we're we're coming off a really difficult pandemic where 
the everyday person's economic situation is not good. Um, so, so even though the market's been able to thrive with these low interest rates, once the interest rates change, the big money's going to potentially pull their money out of stocks and maybe put it into bonds or use mm. it, do it and put it in other ways. So, so uh, you know, the big money people know a lot more than us and they're constantly moving that money around to try to put it in the best place possible for return. So sometimes, so, you know, you see these, you see the market like balloon up because they, because they're putting their money in there and then they're going to pull, pull it out. They'll probably have reaped some profit, hopefully for them, if they're good. And then they'll reinvest it in a different part of the market. Maybe they're moving it into oil right now because oil prices are ballooning. And then once that pops, they'll move it over somewhere else. Right. Right. So the interest rates going up is a really big thing. I don't know everything about what the why of it or how it messes with things, but that is definitely affecting the market. Jerome Powell had a big had a had a talk yesterday basically saying that interest rates are going to go up in March. I don't know by how much, um, but definitely enough to, to spook a lot of people. I think once that settles and once that becomes a reality, I think you will then probably start to see the market continue to go on its upward trajectory. But um, it's a very rocky time in the stock market right now. I mean, wow. on Monday, the Dow was down a thousand points, wow. which is a lot. And But by the end of the day, had recovered it all. So in one day, it dropped a thousand, and by the end of the day, it was back to even. Wow. So I mean, I'm just I watch it. And I'm just just for fun, um, and I'm just like can only imagine if you're a day trader or you know investment guy or hedge fund, whatever you know, whatever. If your job is the stock market on a day to day basis, this must be a really high stress time. You're <laughs> like, having a coronary. Like you're gonna be. Dropping dead on the floor or something. I mean, it's, it's totally where I feel like it's like old school. Buy, buy, buy. Sell, 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 sell. <laughs> okay, no, no, buy, 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 buy. You know, it's constantly like trying to catch these waves of up and down or, you know. God, 100%. Um, but yeah, so I, and I think, you know, the crypto market does kind of have some relationship to the stock market. So, so it's, you know, so interest rates could be affecting crypto too, you know. Crypto could have been a place where big money was putting their money in for a while, and and now they're taking it out and putting it somewhere else. Um, so, so that that helps to kind of explain a little bit about the time we're in. You know, in, you know, high inflation, interest rates going up is going to affect things. Right. Um, but where the crypto market goes from here is, you know, really anybody's guess. Um, because one of the things that everybody's there's two there's two lines of thought. One line of thought is like, this is a consolidation phase where everything's just getting ready to take off, you know, and this thing's gonna it's gonna pop eventually. Could be true. I don't know. Another sort of way of looking at it is, well, every four years there's a halving. We've talked about this halving. Yes. And the halving, what happens after the halving is everything shoots up. And it peaks, but then it eventually comes down. And it doesn't come all the way down to where it started, but it comes down and it becomes a, you know, a bear market for an extended period of time, often until 
the next having. Hibernation. Yeah. So I people... never understood what bear and bull was. <laughs> I didn't, and then I just didn't know. But now you do. Now I just got it. I bear, literally... Bear's down, bull is up. <laughs> I just literally just got it. Got it. Cool. So the big fear a lot of people have is that we are entering now, like that, that we've peaked, we've reaped the upward trajectory of the last halving, and now we're moving into a bear market, and it's going to stay. It, it's still going to swing wildly. It's still the crypto market. Um, but will it get back up to the 60K high that it had? Not if it's an extended bear market. Mm. May, maybe it'll touch it and come back down again. Um, but there's a lot of people who think, no, no, if you look at models compared to the last having and what happened, we haven't even reached our peak yet. So this is just all par for the course. Um, so I wish I could tell you what was happening, but I think even the people who know what's happening don't know what's happening. I, I do think, I like the idea though, of, of just not expecting a huge huge raise like not the, we're not we're not in the boom moment right now and when we're in a boom moment you'll feel it um crypto crypto winter is something that i saw here so yeah um, people were, people were afraid of the crypto winter but here's the deal everybody thought we even talked about it like oh q4 fourth quarter this thing's fucking it's gonna shoot up and it did yeah. and everybody's like yeah let's go let's buy buy and i was like yeah you should take a look at these things these are things that if this thing continues in its trajectory would be very good and then guess what a lot of people bought and then boom yeah just drops yeah and and you're just like that's when you you know you clench your butt and go, <laughs> it drops so fast and if you're not really like if you're a long-term investor like you are, right? Like we talk about, hey, I'm, on, I'm in it for five years. I'm in it for 10 years. Then this shouldn't bother you. Like none of this matters. It doesn't matter. All that, all that matters is where this thing ends up five years from now. But if you're somebody who is constantly moving their money around, who's buying and selling, yeah, this shit, is, this shit sucks. Um, you probably, or, or it's a good opportunity depending on how. If you, if you have you know cash. how to use that, yeah. Yes, yes. If you know how to use it. Um, but you definitely, even even like people who are like, you probably like if you're if you're if you're doing that, you're probably smart and responsible, and you have what's called a stop loss, which is mm. if the price of something drops too far, you'll automatically sell it. Ah. Which is nice way to protect your money, and then you free up cash to be able to buy back in at the low. But you still do lose a lot of money when that stop loss hits, sure. depending on where you put that stop loss. And if it's across all your investments, you still could lose a lot of money. Wow. You know, so it really just kind of depends on how you're playing the game and how you manage your money uh, uh, and all that. But, yeah. It really is not dissimilar from gambling where I'll be up $600 and I'm like, you know what? I can keep going. Or I put $100 in a friggin' slot machine, which you should never do anyway, and I, I hit 20, I'm like, I should just walk now, you know? Like, I, I have 120, whereas I didn't have that before, you know? Uh, but but you do get this idea, like, I can, I, get, I can get more, I can get more. So I do like the idea of the stop-loss uh, philosophy. It's good. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest lesson I learned from this, and whether or not I'll apply it, I don't know, was like, 
if you look at your crypto account and it's gone up and you're like, damn, that's awesome. Sell. Uh, Just instantly sell. Because you know what? The shit's coming back down. (laughs) If you want it back, you can rebuy back in. Uh, I mean, that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, I had, I had, I've, I bought some Solana at a at a really good rate, and and uh, and it was up huge, and I was like, "Fuck yeah! Look at this! Look how much money I made!" But I didn't, you know, I didn't sell. I was like, "Yeah, let's let it ride. You know, let's see what happens. Where's this gonna go?" And you know, now it's down. Fucking sevens all throughout the. <laughs> You know, I think I'm still profitable on it, but it's not, it's no longer a wow moment. You know, it's like a, it's like, oh, and, no. well, then do you sell if, if you're you now? If I, if I need the cash, if, if I want to, re- if see. I want to redistribute the cash. Um, but, uh, I, but remember the second you sell, you're now paying taxes, right? So you have to That's think about right. that. That's right. That's right. So you can't, you know, if you want to get that involved or you're moving things around, you're buying and selling, you got to be on top of your game. You got to, you got to keep good records. And so you just got to be aware that that's, it's not free money, (laughs) you know? Right, right. Well, Nick, I have never wanted green M and M's more in my life. Now, I think the I think the advertising is working. <laughs> the yeah. androgyny is making you more horny. Oh my god! Because yeah. all I do is wear tennis shoes and have pale white legs. It's like the thing I do. It's who I I finally feel represented, Nick. <laughs> if you were an M and M, which color would you be? Would you be oh. orange, the anxiety baby? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. I'm pulling them up. Which M&M would I be? I think you're, I think, I don't know. What's blue? What's blue's like? Yeah, blue looks like something. I I think maybe, maybe I'm a yellow. I don't know. No, that guy's dumb. Is he dumb? Yeah, he's dumb. Maybe I'm red. Am I short and spunky? Am I blue? No, he's he's mad. I th- feel like he's uh, Leonardo. Di- uh, no, I feel like he's D- Danny DeVito. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's Danny DeVito and like Chevy Chase or is the yellow one. <laughs> Blue's like suave, rico suave, and I think I think you're closer to orange. Like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, my soul is orange. <laughs> right right that's your inside out moment um (laughs) and yeah i think i think i I still relate to green you know i always have and i do Mm. now i i'm I'm a little bit green i'm a little bit yellow (laughs) hey guys what's up i got a peanut inside of me (laughs) so 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 dumb well nick uh as always the pleasure is mine yes (laughs) <laughs> yes it is nick it always is uh yeah. it's also mine this week too yeah. <laughs> till till next week till next week bye nick bye jess we did it. We did it.
That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.